This is exactly right. Adulting is hard, but it doesn't have to be impossible. If you want to hear more about ways you can actually live your best life, check out How to Be a Better Human. Each week, comedian Chris Duffy sits down with an expert to talk about the realistic and often unexpected ways you can improve your life. This season on How to Be a Better Human, learn how thinking about death can actually make your life happier, why it's never too late to make a change, and more. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. I was having the huevos rancheros. I don't know what you were having. Oh, you know, I like a little savory, a little sweet now. So, (laughs) yeah, I was doing like an Eggs Benedict because... I love anything that's like 2,000 calories, uh, followed by a lemon ricotta pancake. Started off with the Bloody Mary that had wow. like a rotisserie chicken in it. And then just Bellini, 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 Bellini. Uh, Bellini. I barely know her. And then definitely ended on an espresso martini because I got to drive home. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, this is all fake. It's all fake. What's up? Welcome to Adulting. I'm Jordan Carlos. I'm joined as always by my co from GOAT, Michelle Buto. How you doing, Michelle? Look at you with your eyeliner on. Oh my God. <laughs> You give compliments like a single auntie at a family reunion. Look at you all giving a shit about the way you look and whatnot, bitch. You think you're too good for us because you got deodorant with aluminum, bitch? I see you with your brow. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't just be like, you look nice today. You look okay. nice today. I love how you look today. Your smile is popping. I love... Your cheeks are <laughs> popping. You look great. Come on now. Thank you. I, I will take all the motherfucking compliments I can get. And I will tell you what. Makeup helps. <laughs> because these kids, I think I have to skip naps. They're three and a half. When do we skip naps for for toddlers? They don't fall asleep till 10 and they wake up at 6. Huh? When did you skip nap? When did you stop napping uh, your kids? Napping stopped at about 4. About 4. Okay, we did. We did. Did they take their one? They took two naps and then they kind of like converge that into one big nap and then that just stopped all together. Yeah. You get your time back a little bit, you know, because it's like when they nap, you can't leave the house. You got to like kind of stay, you know. I remember one time you and your family came to my house and mm-hmm. you were in the car for like an hour. Absolutely. We do that. <laughs> and your wife was like, our son's napping and he got to stay in that car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just how it goes. And I'm just so glad you stayed in the car because sometimes you hang with people. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they outside. <laughs> Chilling. It's very European just to like leave your kids outside in a stroller or something. I'm like, do you want to go? You never saw the the movie with the dingo? We got to go make sure. <laughs> Isn't that like a thing in Norway where they just like leave the kids in the strollers or something like that? It's really all over Europe. Really? Mostly northern, but yes. Yeah. Wow. That's nah. I, you know, it's such a crazy way to grow up to like not only trusting people, but also your environment. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if I sit on a patio outside For sure. in Brooklyn, I'm like, they're roaches, they're ants, anything <laughs> else, a beetle can get into my purse. What it do? What's up here? A big spider web? What is that? Is that West Nile in the East? Like, you know, like I go to a hotel and I'm like, what's behind the sheet? What's on top of the headboard? Any ticks? Anything I got to worry about? Let's see what's, you know, under the bed. Do you ever check under the bed at the hotel? I never check under the bed at the hotel. No, never. Under the bed. Why would I check under the bed at at the the hotel? hotel? It's a new movie directed by Jordan Peele. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> under the bed. At the, why, why in the Sealy Apostropedic would I check under the bed? The bed is fine. Why am I? The, I'm the one. It's going to happen to me. Sealy Apostropedic. <laughs> all those mattresses would be purple. That'd be amazing. It's, Here it's, for it's it. It's just Here not going to. I just don't think it's going to happen to me. I've only had a couple of weird things happen to me at hotels. And Ooh. one of them was somebody wiped their booty with a towel and then left the towel on the rack. I know that you are so uncomfortable and grossed out by this because you sang it when you said it. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you whenever you put a voice on it, I'm like, uh-oh, it was real. Why would I be comfortable with that? Why would I be comfortable with 
people wiping their ass on a. Uh, no, you don't have to be comfortable, but you're just not even comfortable saying it, which is hilarious. Oh, it's terrible. That's so gross. And some people don't, they just all willy nilly put their faces in a hotel towel. That shit has been all over someone's semen and poo poo. Well, that was the thing. Sorry. That was the thing. The rags? Don't do it. <laughs> that was the thing. The problem was this it wasn't that the doo doo was fresh. Do you understand? <laughs> it was the it was that the doo-doo had been like washed and dried and was on the rack. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the shroud of Torrin. Like it was just like kind of like um a Rorschach yeah. test of doo-doo was on the rack and I was like gonna dry my hands. Literally a shit stain. Yes! Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like that doo-doo is the Republicans in the Supreme Court. (laughs) And no matter how much we try to wash and vote, Uh it still keeps popping up. Sorry, everyone. Also not sorry. Yeah. That's wild. The worst part was the manager at the hotel was like, did you do this? And I was like, did I do? I just checked in. How did I do this? Do I bring my? Ew. Do I bring these towels with me? Also, that's not the follow up question. <laughs> that's not the follow up question, sir. I don't know if you ever went to school for hotel and hospitality management. That's not the follow up question. You know the funny part was, the funniest part was we were. This was in Mississippi, and so Ooh. my brother got all up in this guy's craw, and then we got the we got the presidential suite. Whoa. And the funny part was, my man, I, my brother Whoa. was like, when is the president coming here? You know what I'm saying? We're like. <laughs> oh, my God. What's your brother's name again? Joseph. Joseph is my brother. Joseph. Yeah. I didn't know Joseph was funny. Joseph is just hilarious. Joe is so funny. He's He is a man of I did not know humor, that. Great humor. And he loves to tell stories. He is the ultimate host. He is a jolly man, and he is... I love yeah, that. Yeah, he's cherubic and full of energy in life. You guys are cool. The whole family's dope. Everyone likes to have a good time. That's Thank nice. Thank you. I, you know, I haven't I haven't hung out with your dad. I want to hang out with your dad. I still haven't hung out with your dad. My dad is here all month, so I flew my parents up from I'm Florida for the whole right month. They're on their way over, yeah. and, uh, you know, my dad is 82, mm-hmm. and usually we go down to Florida to visit them, but there's no time since I'm <laughs> creating my own show for Netflix, eight episodes, straight to series. Thank you so much for all the thickest. Get into it, bitch. But the point is... <laughs> the plug. Who my parents have, <laughs> because there's nothing, there's nothing better and sweeter than, like, you know, I'm 45 now. I can fully say I am middle-aged. I hope I get to 90. Mm. And the fact that my dad is, like... He's still kicking it? Yes. And I've always heard stories from my friends who are like, we're taking the kids over to my parents. And I'm like, what is that like? Mm. Because I'm at the very special age where I kind of take care of my parents and take care of my kids. Mm. But it's so nice to, for some reason, when they are all under one roof, all the drama is canceled out and we're just having fun. Right. And it's a lot of finger food. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's a lot of stories I don't understand from parents and kids. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun. And we're making memories. And I didn't know because I've always been like beholden to their schedule. And now they're like on mine. So it's dope. Did you grow up in a multi-generational household or was it just you and your parents? Or were your grandparents there? Or? I did. Yeah. I remember my great grandma was this little Indian Jamaican lady who learned how to smoke a cigarette in her mouth because it was illegal for women to smoke cigarettes in public. Whoa. She was a spitfire. And her name was Hazel. Uh-oh. She used to eat the spiciest food and then just like had her own box of vanilla ice cream. She was amazing. Uh, <laughs> so I knew my great-grandma, my yeah. grandma, and it was fun. Yeah, but we had to go to Jamaica to see them. They wouldn't come here. They couldn't. Oh, okay. So, so you didn't live under one roof then we didn't live under one yeah i think there's something to that yeah i think there's something to that to to live under one roof with your grandparents i did it for a little while in my life and it was it was eye-opening it was definitely eye-opening to see that your mother is also like a daughter and you know yeah yeah, it it was um my mom took care of my grandmother my grandmother had alzheimer's and dementia Mm -hmm. which was which was rough but there were moments especially um, when we go to church and she remembered the the hymns and the songs where i could almost see inklings of like how it used to be between them that uh yeah yeah, that was that was really special 
And and that's so dope. And just to see the love that my mom had for my grandma, that just you know resonated. Like you want your kids at the end to take care of you. Jeez, Louise. I mean, you hope. Yeah, or at least like you. Like my parents yeah. are very responsible and have already set up accommodations for right, right. whatever kind of housing or nursing that, nurses that they might need. Yeah, you need and that. And even like funeral stuff. Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is be so sad that you can't make decisions. And I do feel like anytime you're in a vulnerable position, people do take advantage of it. I mean, I remember when I was getting married, everybody was trying to upsell us. Like we, it was our first time at Jiffy Lube. And I'm like, what the fuck? And (laughs) Kais is so European and Dutch and cheap and all those things. And he was like, we don't need this. We don't need that. We don't need this. We don't need that. And I was like, right on. I guess not. But I feel like we need it. You know, if we're going to make a special. And that's such an American way to go about shit, which sucks. Anyways, the point is, do you have a will? I know. What is the point? Do you have a will? Do I? <laughs> All that to say, do you have a will? I guess, um, now that's, I mean, that's what we have to think about when we get into our 40s. I don't have a living trust in or a living will. Um, I do need one, though. I had a will since my 20s. You've had a will since your 20s. Well, you need to update that. I have, but like my first okay. will was in my 20s. I, I went to Spain wow. for a month and my mom's like, you should have a will. And I'm like, that's the follow-up? Not like have fun or make sure that you take pictures. Just have a will. That's where my parents are. Well, I've been married 15 years now. So that's, that's. I think, the, isn't that the first year's paper? And then the 15th is is the living trust and will. And then the 16th is definitely headstones. You need to think <laughs> oh about God. how it's going to end. It's wild. I don't know, man. I'm kind of like, I'm scared. I'm so scared, Michelle. Scared to of actually what? like- Die? Yeah, the the big punch out, man. I know. You know, somebody just somebody upstairs just turns off the power, and then you're just like, oh, dude, that's. I know. That's why I really try to, and I always say this, and, and I say it out loud mm-hmm. mostly for me, but not be too stressed. Still have fun, even if it's traffic, because I'm still here. Even if it's like, well, for <laughs> sure. Even if it's over tomorrow, like I love that that point of view. Yeah, I just never really. The minute the kids were born, I was like, oh, I can never die because I can't imagine a day (laughs) without knowing how they are and then me not being there for them. So I love all those like the rom-coms and like the movies where like parents leave videos and shit like that's real. Do that if you can. Oh, yeah. If you know you're going to go or no. But even if you don't know, we all know we're going to go. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, I think it's it's like, you know, I'm up in the International Space Station, right? We've lost power. The other shuttles can't get to me. And I've got to, like, send that kind of, you know, uh, Armageddon message to the wife and the kids. I'm all about okay, it. Okay, are know? you Bruce Willis or Ben Affleck in this scenario? Both! I can't be both! Uh, you got to pick one, bro. I'm sorry. You can't be both. Why? It's my imagination. I'm going to do what I want now. Oh, my God. You better take ownership. Shit. Those kind of things, I like, like, that's how I want to go out. I want to be on top of K2, and I can barely get a signal. And, like, you know, the snowstorm's bearing down on me. And I'm like, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. But I, You wanna go I want to go out with a bang. I- See, for me. Oh, my God. I, um, I'm fine to go quietly in the sleep. But I want to plan a big ass party because you know I love a party. Yeah. I want drag queens and DJs, and if Beyonce's still alive, Beyonce, please come perform at my funeral. I want a guest list. Wow, at the funeral? Yes, ma'am. A step and sure, repeat. Sure, sure, I want sure. it to be a party. Th- that's one thing I really love about New Orleans and Louisiana in general. It really yeah. feels like I love states that feel like they're their own country. But especially mm. New Orleans, like your send off for a funeral is just like, fuck yes. It's a celebration of life, right? That's what that's what it is in New Orleans. I know my auntie, she had a funeral in New Orleans and it was a beautiful celebration of life. And you said, and most people, they wear white there, which yeah. is the Afri- the West African tradition of wearing white in death, which is which is beautiful. And, 100. you know, it's, it's just another Caribbean connection and Caribbean African connection that that New Orleans has that the rest of the country is just like. Deaf to. Yeah, baby. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really beautiful. 100%. This took a turn. I yeah. didn't mean it to get so dark. It did. No, it's 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 all good. Or lights, depending on how you look at it. It's it's all good. I was just going to say, I've gotten to that age where like, uh, this is how I knew I was old. I, I got like a new 
scent of hand soap, and that really, really blew my hair back. The verbena, I'd never had lemon verbena. Oh, yeah. I'm a big citrus person. Yeah. So you know what's up. But yeah. like, I was like, oh my God, that was the most exciting thing that had happened to me that day. I think when your hands and your fingers smell good, that is exciting. It is. It's so it, you know, I think it's the little things. And also like a good ass clean ear. Mm. Oh! Ugh. Don't put a Q-tip in there now. Look, I get like the Q-tips that have like a sh- pointy edge. So I get in there. Oh, you get the, yes. Do you, you know what I mean? There. But yeah, cleaning yeah, yeah. the kids' ears, they love it as much as I do. Like their their little legs start to shake like you're pitting the dog in the right place and shit. And I'm just like, yes, we doing it. I love it. Nooks and crannies. Oh, Look, let's move on. <laughs> so excited about our guest this episode. Yes. Hopefully she has way more classy stories than what we just shared. God, I, I don't think I've had the um, opportunity to work with her, but I've heard amazing things about her. You have. Yes, I have. Uh, we work together on Everything's Trash. She, um, we can get into what she did exactly on the show momentarily. Yes. She's a stand-up comedian. She's a writer. She's also an actor. Mm-hmm. Please help us welcome Chanel Ali. Chanel Ali. Oh, okay. You did it. Chanel Ali, what's up? Hey, it's so good to be here. First of all, we are actually former co-workers, you could say that. Me and Chanel worked together on Everything's Trash. You had a very unique job. You were Phoebe Robinson, the star of the show, her stand-in. So you were there on set literally more than I was. You were working 14-hour days a lot, and you were wearing wigs. A lot of them as well. So a stand-in, <laughs> if y'all don't know, it's a genius idea because a lot of it, especially in the black show, um, a lot of the beauty depends on lighting. Mm-hmm. And so you have to light the scene and know where the actor is going to be moving so it doesn't look crazy and there's shadows on your face unless it's intentional. And so when you're done filming... The actor will go off and like rest their titties, pick a wedgie, get some water, coffee, 10 1. Yeah. More like yep. 10 fun. That's industry for peeing. Hey, pee pee. And um, a little pee pee dance. <laughs> I just wear an adult diaper and keep it moving, bitches. I'm efficient. Just really? kidding. That's disgusting. Although I did try one for <laughs> a flight to England. It really was sad. It really reminded me of my grandma. It was just a smell. Wow. That what is that like? That's only like seven hours. When there's bathrooms. We'll get into it another time, Chanel. This is really fun so far. But the point is... this is the show. (laughs) This is the show. (laughs) So the actors, the main actors are called first team and then the stand-ins are called second team. And so you're constantly hearing second team. And so you have to go stand. Oh my God, Love Actually. Maybe this is the reference. Do you remember Love Actually? Like, there's a couple that met because they were stand-ins, but in porn. At a porn, right? Yeah, they had to always simulate like a blowjob or like fucking Mm. from the back. But anyways, Curtis. was this the first time that you were a stand-in, a second-teamer? Um, no, it wasn't. But it was my first time being the stand-in for, like, the number one, like, the the, the main actress, which, like, oh! like Jordan said, obviously, she's in most of the scenes, and she changes her hair and her outfits a lot. But I was also her photo double for certain scenes. So I, if you have watched the show, I am in it, but you, you think it's Phoebe. You don't even know that it's me. Right. You have her essence down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I got to, I did one scene where they just drove me around in a cab and I was getting in and out of a cab. They're just filming her getting in and out of a cab for some sequence. And people kept trying to get in the cab thinking that, that like I was exiting so sure. that they could get, and I'm like stopping people like, Hey, yeah. it's not a real cab. Nah, I can't do that. Ooh, a cab in New York is a hot commodity. None of this is real. This is all facade. Get out of here, man. Help yourself. (laughs) But yeah, it was a great experience. And I feel like it was a really hands-on acting experience, you know, because I had to run the lines. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I had to hit the marks. You know, I was doing it. That's great. If you're going to spend that much time on set, you better be getting a masterclass in like, what the fuck is up? Totally. Period. Now, weird, not so basic question. Sort of like the couple in love, actually, that met and like ended up like, living happily ever after as stand-ins together. Have you ever met somebody on set standing in? Um, I mean, yeah, but, like, we never, like, hung out afterwards. But even on this show, there was a scene where Phoebe 
is about to have a sex scene with this guy. And I was her stand in. So like they had the sex coordinator come in and tell me like, hey, you don't have to like touch yourself. And I was like, hey, don't tell me. You don't have to tell me. I'll touch, Look. I'll touch myself if I want to, you know, and I don't need anybody. Look. But, um, we did have, we were supposed to. You better to. light this, honey. <laughs> flick, flick. Just, you better light it. I'm trying to get the experience. You want the shot? But. <laughs> Love it. We gotta normalize these titties, Chanel. That's right. That's right. But there was a really cute guy who was also the male stand in and they wanted us to kiss. And the, the camera guy was like, Can you guys do? He was like, Can you guys do the kiss real quick? And then he just like went back by the camera and we both yes, were like, Yes, yes, yes. And we didn't move. Yes. We just didn't move because we were both so. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't kiss? We us? just stood there and, and like, Bro, it was the whole time I could say they ever told me to do something and I didn't do it. And it's not that I didn't want to, but being ordered to do uh, it made it feel so awkward that we both were kiss. like, there's no time for consent, you know? Oh. Yeah. That's what the intimacy coordinator's for. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Wow, I didn't I didn't know the, the drama behind it all. Are you single, Chanel? I am single, yes. See? I always fall for boom guys. I don't know if you have that problem on set. I love boom guys. Oh. They're so quiet. Quiet and usually tall. And listening. They're and sensitive. Yeah. Always <laughs> listening. <laughs> they have strong arms and, and good boots. I just mm. always, the other day, the other day I was on set for something and uh, they had a boom lady. I'd never seen a boom lady uh-oh, before. Uh-oh. And honestly, didn't hit the same for me. Didn't hit the, not into the boom ladies. Wasn't into the boom lady. If anything, I was a little angry. Like, hey, when's a boom guy going to come in? Good question. Great question. You know? Michelle, the expression on your face is very interesting. Wait, let's get back into Chanel's love life. <laughs> Have you ever had a very casual hookup with someone, a comedian, someone on set that you had to go see, like, another time? That I had to go see another time, like, awkwardly? Like, I ran into Yeah, them? like, uh-oh, we're working together now. Whoops. Mm, not really. I mean, <laughs> but I do, I do remember one time coming to a comedy show, and this guy that I had, like, had a hookup with one time was backstage. Mm. And I was shocked to see him because he wasn't a comedian. He was like a musician. Hmm. So I walked in. I was like, hey, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, I didn't know you were on this show. I'm actually dating her. And he pointed to this other lady comedian. Did she look like you? (laughs) No, she doesn't look like me at all. But I was like, oh, I'm happy for y'all. You know, I didn't have like feelings for him. But in the same breath, I was kind of like, oh, so... Now you and I both have this guy in our Rolodex, and that's cool. Bring him to more yeah. shows. It's a family affair. I follow-up question, and, like, I'm so sorry if I'm prying. You let a bitch know, but this is exciting because, you know, I don't have a lot of single friends that are happy. You look happy, and this oh, yeah. is fun for me. What do you consider hooking up? Um, I think hooking up is kissing. <laughs> I think it's sex in any form. I think it's... Anything that you would do beyond hugging is hooking up. Interesting. You know? Oh. We hooked up. Yeah. We hooked up. We hooked up. We, you know, there's levels to it. Like, we really hooked up. You know, we, we're still hooked. But, you See, know. I feel like, for me, hooking up is penetration, whether it's with, like, your fingers or something else. But if it's just okay. like, he kissed my titty and kissed my neck, that's not really hooking up. He's what? just, you know, that's just like... A little appetizer. Titty in the mouth? That's your son. That's your child. What's that? <laughs> That's your child, she said. Titty in the mouth. Oh, a, titty a, in the mouth? A good, la- a good latch. A good latch on the, on the, on the nip. Yes. I believe, well, I, I believe that hooking up has to involve the drawing of the nude form <laughs> after you're done uh, making love to them. Well, yeah. You have to, like, like well, Jack in Titanic. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, no yes. problem. The romance, <laughs> romance is different. Now, now guys do it on an iPad. They don't even like have the pen and the paper. Yeah, now they just have like a like an avatar. That's all they have. <laughs> My day was an etch sketch. <laughs> what do you consider? What do you consider a good date? Because between mm. New York City, always having a dope ass show to go to or do. What do you consider a good date? Because your time is precious. It's so precious. Honestly, honestly, I think in the last two years especially dates really have come to like are we outside doing something you know like that's yeah. that's really kind of the the level that you have to clear but i had a great date where this guy took me to like a petting zoo and mm. we fed a bunch of animals and they had this big koi pond like it was an enormous koi pond i couldn't even i mean like thousands uh, imagine all the fish you've ever seen they're all in this koi pond and we're 
feeding them. And they're just, they know what they're there for, you know? It just was a yeah. vibe and a good energy. And then we went to, like, this mirror maze escape thing that we did together that was, like, half outside, half inside. And I just felt like the whole day we did activities like that and kind of experienced it together in this... It's beautiful. You know safe way i don't know i just had such a great a great time it made me feel better than some of the fanciest dates i've gone in in new york city where yeah a guy sends a car and he takes me somewhere fancy and i'm like this is this we're in a 40 40 club by ourselves dudes are sending cars okay i didn't know this is pretty woman that is amazing yeah it's uber so <laughs> i feel like people forget that being thoughtful counts for a lot, whatever you have in your bank account, it, it's more attractive for me, at least, that you're thoughtful and ambitious. Mm. Please don't be lazy. Please be passionate about something. I don't give a fuck what it is. Just like something. I always really appreciate when someone recognizes what effort I've had to put forward. Like, hey, I know you spent an hour and 20 minutes on the train to get here. Mm. I'm going to make sure that... Yes. You know, you get to take a car home and that you get to whatever. Like, I appreciate someone noticing, like, I can see that you've put some effort into getting here. Let me help you. Right. Can I ask you a question, though? I feel as though, Chanel, like, from your videos and everything like that, which I love. I love your videos when you when you do, like, this is the day in the life of a comedian. Yeah. To me, I feel like that's your passion. Like, that's your concern and your passion. And it's not, not to quote a 90s movie title, but yeah. boys are on the side. <laughs> yes! I agree. And I think that really, like, I birthed this this vlogging series that I have on TikTok and on Instagram where I take people with me a day in the life of comedian type vibe. I feel like that came about because I was feeling a void in dating specifically and mm. that I got tired of telling men about my gigs and them not being hype enough. Mm. Like, I'm yeah. telling you, I just did this incredible comedy show with, like, comedians we've been watching on BET since we were little and they're like cool Chanel you want to go see this movie and I'm like you know what I'm going to tell people online and they're going to be hype and also I'm going to find more guys who are hype and it really kind of filled that void of like some days I do incredible things in my life and I come home and I don't always have someone to share it with well I'm going to share it with a bunch of people and I'm going to find a community and maybe maybe some boys maybe not who who think this is dope and can, you know, appreciate it. I really appreciate it. That sounds like a very healthy meal plan for internet. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like you decide yes. on your own accord that you want to share it because you know it's dope. You're like, you're not looking for, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not looking for, like, approval and acknowledgement from just, like, Thank one person. Thank you so person. much. Yeah. Tired mom. This is like a game of celebrity. I'm like, I what's got the you? word, Jordan? I'm right here. I'm right here with you. Okay. I'm your understudy on these moments. All right. So here's... The, <laughs> he's, but, he's my stand-in. I'm your stand-in. Okay. So, but you were doing, but you were doing stand-up like in kind of wild times though too. Like 2021, you would go out. And I honestly was like watching yeah. you go out. I was like, damn, Chanel Elias is risking it all out here just... Test on this type 15. During, I mean, I was, wow. I was getting tested, no lie, like four times a week, every week for months. I was just doing yeah. whatever I could. And also, like, taking precautions. But I felt, like, you know, really obligated to keep telling jokes, to keep ba- making people laugh. And then also to, like, you know live i was just yeah. like this is my job yeah. i don't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go do another thing like this is it you know but those were really cool experiences and it really showed me that like comedy is gonna live no matter what right we could close every basement in new york city which they did for a while we're gonna go on the rooftops in the parks and we're gonna go in backyards like we're yeah. gonna figure it out i was doing fancy penthouse apartment shows yes. yeah it stretched us and we did i did like a salon or something like that or a boutique it was it was wild did y'all do the um the parking lot shows yes yes in queens mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i'm sure our listeners know in early quarantine which we consider deep <laughs> quarantine you know it was deep at first like we were like lady gaga stars yeah. born i'm yeah. in the deep end and people would be in their car and then you would perform on a race platform hopefully yeah mm-hmm. or a truck sometimes yeah flatbed truck what in a time to kill is going on i could never <laughs> but <laughs> they blink the lights yeah. yeah they would blink the lights honk the horn if they liked what you said how did that make you feel? 
It's great. When I get the lights blinking, that was amazing. And then the, I remember this one sister, she did her windshield wipers once. That <laughs> was like really Wow. Funny. So that was like, I was like, all right, all right. That's that's when you know you're doing well. But the parking lot, did you do the one in Queens? It was like Jay Nog's show. That was funny. Yeah, it was like by the Creek in the Cave, I think, mm-hmm. helped organize it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was great. They closed down and opened up in Austin. Yeah, they did. And th- I missed that club. That was like the first place that ever booked me when I came to New York City. I mean, just for a weekend. I'm from mm-hmm. Philly originally, so I used to come up. That was the first place that ever booked me. What part of Philly are you from? North Philly, uh, near like Temple. Yeah, right on. I lived in South Jersey for a year because both my parents worked in Center City. Oh, nice. And so I remember driving over the Ben Franklin and hanging out at the Galleria Mall. Nice. Yeah, it's real fancy now. Really? Because it was real ghetto. I was getting into fights. Yeah, no. People used to just go there to the gallery to fight. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember just like going to Penn's Landing and making out and getting like finger fucked. It was great. Yeah. My first joint that I bought was in Camden at Rutgers University. Thank you so much, Rutgers. Rutgers. Wow. Rutgers Camden, especially. Yes. Did you ever hang out in Jersey? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I have an aunt that lives in Pensacola, right across the bridge. A lot of my cousins mm-hmm. still live in South Jersey area. I'm very familiar with that area. I applied to Rutgers. I ended up going to Temple, but I definitely got, you know, into Rutgers as well. Oh, wow. shit. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Nice. I applied to Rutgers. I didn't get in. Are you still mad at them? Because I didn't get into Villanova and I didn't even want to go there and I'm still pissed. I'm. I'm a little salty. I'm like, I'm mm. a little salty water hot dog, but it's okay. Oh, but look, right. at, like, okay. look at you now. Double tap what, my picture, is- bitch. I know. Yeah. Look at me now in my basement doing a podcast with friends. <laughs> I mean, you're about to record, you're you- about to, to film, okay, your Netflix show. Hello. Why do you care about what yeah. Villanova says or Seton Hall or any other Philadelphia <laughs> institution? It's like that. <laughs> I-, I couldn't tell you why. You know, it's like when you're a comedian, it's like the one table that's not laughing and everyone is just bent over with laughter. Yeah. It's like the one person that told Michael Jackson he looked like a monkey or some shit yeah. when he was eight and then he never let it go. I don't know why. I don't know why we do that. If you guys know why, let me know. Because we believe that those people know the truth. Ah! <laughs> I would never say that out loud. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> why did you say it? They don't know anything. They're idiots. I know they're idiots. Fuck. You know, and half the people are usually, like, in a show, they're not laughing. They were dragged there. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't their idea to come. And it's, like, the one person that's smiling at you is like, I love this. I'm your biggest fan. And you're like, fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. Is Eddie Murphy Murphy. your biggest fan? Eddie Murphy, biggest fan. Every time. Yeah. Every time. (laughs) I love it. I don't know. That's, that's, That's why people... Do that. It's a, uh. When you started comedy and you made it, made the New York City transition, did you feel like you had to do all the things that a comedian has to do, like audition for SNL and go to Montreal or do a half hour, wear a blazer and jeans? I don't know. Yes, in that order, in that exact <laughs> order is how I thought I needed to do it. Obviously, I, I absolutely wanted SNL. Um, I'm still working on that. I auditioned a couple, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I, I, th- I put JFL on a very big pedestal. I was like, I need to be a new face. I have to go to Montreal. And the first year that I auditioned and I didn't get it, I was like, this whole institution is stupid. They don't know anything about comedy. You know, I was just so indignant and so angry. And so the second year that I auditioned, I told my manager before I went in, I was like, I'm not going to audition anymore after this. <laughs> and you got it. And she was like, why? Yeah, and I got it. And she was like, well, why did? Why were you saying that? And I was like, because I didn't want to be 10 years in the comedy trying to be a new face. I don't care about it that much. I think there's tons of comedians that have never been a new face, never got on SNL, mm-hmm. never had a, a Comedy Central whatever, and still have incredible careers and make content or movies and television. That's, You're looking at You her. know, like th- I just knew before I got those yeah. things that regardless if I get them, I'll be fine. But yeah. when I got JFL, man, that was a really big deal for me. I think I cried because we're not allowed to tell people for a couple right. weeks. I was on trains in New York City crying all the time for like two weeks because wow. I couldn't believe that article was going to come out, that I was going to be a new face and that I was going to Montreal. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I, I wanted all those things, but I came here to grind. I was focused on finding the mics that were going to give me good stage mm. time. I was focused on 
Wyatt Snacks show, Night Train. Mm-hmm. I was focused on getting in with the Brooklyn comedy scene at the Knit. Hannibal was there. I was, you know, I knew that I, w- I didn't even care about Manhattan that much. I was trying to yeah. get right deep into what I felt like was a comedy renaissance that I thought I saw happen. Right. You know? Yes. And I always say, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And that's mm-hmm. what Brooklyn comedy is for me, at least. It's like, it always feels like a celebration, like a community understanding. Um, I, I was just going to say this. Have you found, do you, do you feel like a community and supportive circle of people in the world of comedy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just with Wyatt Sinek and Don Will the other day. We did a show shouting at the screen. And I, I knew Don Will from just people I knew in Philly Way before I became a comedian, like just in my life. Oh shit! Yeah, he was just one of my friends. I used to. I was a huge Tanya Morgan fan. I would go to their concerts, and then when uh, I when I told him like, "Hey, I'm I'm starting comedy. I'm I'm going to start this comedy here in Philly, and I'm going to come up to New York." Once I got to New York, he was one of the first people that told me, "You got to come check out Wyatt Snacks show. You got to come to these rooms in Brooklyn." Uh, like Don's you know? a real one. We love Don. He does love our Don. live yeah. shows and. Yes, so talented, so funny, so smart. So talented. I would say definitely if I could categorize the people who really influenced me and gave me so much resources and information, it's black men a thousand times. It's black men in comedy that have given me my biggest opportunities that have Mm. been the most encouraging. I mean, the list is long. I love that. I love that so much. Um, Love to hear it. Yeah, me too. As a black man. (laughs) <laughs> and I hope black women are nice to you because I really feel like sometimes it gets competitive for no reason. I feel like that's also part of the patriarchy saying that we only have room for one, but there's mm-hmm. always room for a lot of us. You know, right. it doesn't have to be a white show with a black friend. It could also be a black show. Absolutely. You know, I saw this quote on Instagram one yeah. time. Sorry, Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to quote you. But being happy for someone else's success will never fuck up yours. So I just really hope hmm. whoever the fuck is listening that, you yeah. know, just, just be kind. It doesn't take much. That's really, that's really hard for people sometimes. It is hard, yeah. It's hard to, like, s- celebrate other people's... <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? That wasn't a punchline. Um, so it's really... It's, it's hard. But you know what I do once a week is I make myself... Like, I, I try to get over that and make myself watch something of my friends mm. that they created, if it's on TV or something like that. And it's just like, oh, that's such a relief. And then you can just, like, text them and tell them how great it was. Yes. You know, at least for me. Because that's, right. just, that's just me. I'm just way too competitive. But I wanted to ask you, Chanel, like, it says that, like, you came up, like, in foster homes and that you then lived with uh, a relative who was, like, in the Air Force. So you moved around yeah. a lot. So how do you think that's really, how has that informed your stand-up? Well, first of all, it's made me an expert at being on the road. (laughs) I pack light. And if anybody, if you you can ask anybody if Chanel Ali is crashing on your couch, you won't even know she's there. Okay? Because (laughs) all I know how to do is not make a mess, not make sounds, and clean up after myself, you know? So it influenced me that that way for sure. I notice that all the time when I'm on the road. I'm like, man, some comedians cannot handle this. And I am breezing through. (laughs) It's fine. Um, but also I think it gave me a certain amount of resiliency. Like I, I think when I really decided, oh man, you know, I, I am a comedian and I'm going to try this. That sounded crazy. That sounded like a crazy thing to say, but even crazier to me was like, oh, you didn't have a mom and a dad and you had to like navigate through the world and put yourself through college and like be a good person. That's really crazy. And you did that. And you yeah, did that. So bananas. maybe this is not going to be like a straight shot. It's probably going to have some bumps, but it sounds co- like competitively much easier than the thing I had already done. And then, yes, you know, it just it gave me a perspective. Do you have memories of foster care? Oh, yes. I remember back so far. I remember every every home, every family. A lot wow. of them had their own children. And, you know, they were all in different aspects of their life. You know, um, some of them were older, you know, young, some young families. But, yeah, I think also just like moving around and going to different schools, you have to learn how to communicate with people from everywhere. You got to be personable. I, I'm sure that helped me develop my chops and, and how I how I speak and communicate. So because mm. you're always walking into a room as a comedian, actor <laughs> or host 
And people have to trust you immediately. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And you have to be on immediately and just, it really is a special skill set that no one talks about. I feel like the go-to, the rumor for comedians is that- The class clown or- Yes, like, yeah, like the class clown that we're like pulling the pigtails and running away. We all experience pain. We've all had something traumatic happen in our lives, but it's also like, well, well, how do you deal with it? And the way we deal with it is, you know- Using it as a mm-hmm. superpower, yeah. really. Absolutely. Once I realized I did that for comedy, I did that for dating. Mm. And it helped. <laughs> I want to hear more. That's all. I want to hear more about that. <laughs> so with dating, I, I felt like, um, not like the other person should be a mind reader, but I'm just like, well, we talked online or we talked on the phone or we have a friend in common. So you know what this is. Mm-hmm. And... I was always disappointed because I'm just like, mm. why are you not doing the thing? How come we're not having fun? How come you're not polite or the, or interesting or whatever the fuck it was or like have the same goals as I do, whatever it was. And then when I, when I turn it around, I'm just like, this is, I, I put it more mm. on me than mm-hmm. on them. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Right. You can keep up if you want to. It was, yeah. it just changed the game. And that's also you know, how it should be when you walk in a room, you know, when you're a comedian and they're not laughing, it's not their fault. It's like, well, what are you serving? It's on Hmm. you. And so that's what I meant. Yeah, I feel you. I get that. I get that. It's like, look at my, look at my, these used to be man hands, but now they're grandma hands. (laughs) Make a good pot of rice. Yeah. (laughs) And just rub your shoulders. It's it's Michelle Buteau is pulling out of the station. (laughs) You know, the, the Michelle Buteau train is pulling out the station. Do you want to be on that train or not? That kind yeah. of thing. I'm not, we going to have oh. a good time. Choo yeah, choo, yeah. We're going to have a good time whether you like it or not. I get that. I get that. Wow, Chanel. Okay. I was curious to ask you, like, do you feel like when you had to pick a mate, you had to find someone that you thought could handle your rise? Because I always evaluate men on that scale. I'm always like, uh, you know, you seem great now. I'm having yeah. so much fun with you now. This is so great. But how are you going to act five years from now yeah. when there's cameras in your face and we can't go everywhere you want to go? Or like, you know, you know, are you? Gonna- oh, you better say yes, that, honey. Yes. How are you going to handle it? Uh, no, I didn't think that way. Hmm. For me, that sounds like I'm thinking about the outside world. And I need to think about behind closed doors. Who do I want to be with when I'm going through? Because mm-hmm. it's still stressful. You know, like Danica Kirkpatrick says, mm-hmm. we love a new devil. <laughs> so if I'm going through a change, will you be there for me? Because I know that you have my back and I have yours. So, no, I never thought about that. My only gauge was, do I want to talk to you tomorrow? And that's that's that really means something. That really does. Yeah. Because lots of times... Lots of time, lots of years in my life, I dated guys that I was like, man, I don't like talking to you. <laughs> you know, but you, but we, but we still but do, we it, right? Because yeah. it's like, well, what else am I gonna do? Or I'm polite, or whatever. You know, it's nice to have a hand to hold, but it's just like I don't do that no more. Exactly, because it's just like I will rather host other things instead of this dumb idea. Mm-hmm. They got to be happy for you. If someone is not happy for you, yeah. I don't understand couples that are jealous of each other's success. Yeah, don't you want to see your partner fucking shine? Isn't that that's dope? why you liked him in the first place? But not not unless I'm shining brighter. No, I want to see them shine, but just I have to be shining the brightest and then I appreciate you for being honest like that, Jordan. But you know, when I moved from Philly (laughs) when I moved from Philly to New York, I was dating a guy and like right before I moved, I was feeling like, man, I don't know if he's gonna be able to handle this move. He's kind of acting away. And then he was supposed to come to a comedy show and he hadn't been to one of my shows in nine months, which is a really long time in my opinion. I'm like nine months? Yeah. Come on, Mm -hmm. I can have a baby up here. You don't even know. And um, so he mm. said he was going to come. And then he said, like, yeah, well, I'm not going to come. I got to put my car in the shop. That was his excuse. And so then after the show, uh, after the show, I called him to tell him about the show. And he was like, yeah, I wasn't able to put my car in the shop. The guy wasn't there. So I just came home. And I was like, well, why didn't you come to the show? And he's like, well, I didn't have a car. I was like, I don't have a car. I also don't have a car. So how, how is it that I can get to my show and you can't get to my Ooh. show? And I was like immediately in the street. I'm like on the street in the phone on the phone with him. I was just like, hey, I break up with you. Like a declaration. Like I declared it and it's done. Yeah. yeah. Wait, well, hold on. You said that to yes. him? I break up I with break you? I break up with you. And he was like, you can't just say that. I was like, I did. I said it. It's over. Yeah. It's done. That's. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, for me, and I learned this way too late in life, 
think about what you want to say because if you're not saying it, then it's not productive for either one of us. Mm. Mm. Think about what you want to say. What do you, what would you like to say to me right now? Are you uncomfortable with me doing this? Yeah, for like, sure. Just make it a conversation. It doesn't have to be an argument. That's another thing too. And he did break down. He did at one point break down his fears, and they were out. They're burned into my memory. He was like, you know, when you're on stage, people are looking at you. And I was like, man, that's such a crazy sentence to say. It's just insane that you think you could love a girl and other people can't see her. That's crazy. I can't be invisible. Mm -hmm. Some people Mm -hmm. might see Mm -hmm. something that you see in me. But then he was like, well, you know, you're hanging out with comedians after the show and you guys are smoking and drinking. And I'm like, hey, I could get off stage and I could go sit at the table with you and hang out with you and show how dope you are by proxy. But instead, you don't come to the show. So, yeah, sometimes I do hang Mm. out behind the comedy club in a well-lit alley. Sometimes. I I think I think what. They might be talking about this person, this weak man, might be talking <laughs> about is is uh, d- that you do have to s- display as a comedian. You you often have to display emotional availability. You know, you mm-hmm. have to like you can't be like um, get on stage and be like, "Well, I'm taken, motherfuckers." <laughs> you know, you're opening up these parts of your life to people. You're on stage. You're well lit. You look great. You're funny. You're charming. You have charisma. And the thing that they were attracted to about you, other people could be as well. And I think that would would definitely invite some feelings of, you know, jealousy and envy and things like that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, from this person's point of view, if they can, yeah. if they, those things notwithstanding, if they can support you. Yeah. And even if they can admit, like, that makes me, eh, you know, I get a little jealous of that sometimes. You know, yeah. like, mm. even if they can do that, that much, I'd feel like. That, that would be a good partner. If you can at least identify your issues and still kind of like roll oh, with the punches. If someone, if someone even, I would appreciate someone for admitting that, but I'd be like, then this is a whole ass no. Because, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like what you were saying, Chanel, people grow and they change and you have, and you have to upgrade and level up and just, you know, that's just a, what adulting is. Me at 25 is not going to be me at 35. It's going to be bigger, better, and brighter and thicker. Yeah. So get on board or yeah. just double tap the shit that you see because, you know. Double tap And I always t- <laughs> double tap it, you know, and keep it moving. Scroll. <laughs> you know, and it's one of the mantras I, I gave for myself that I always talk about, but I will never stop saying is, if you don't want to hear from me, you're going to hear about me. Bye, bitch. That's like, right. I don't know what to tell you. You can't hide. But I'm on the flyers. I'm outside. You have to figure out how to like live in this shine. You know, you'll have fun. Trust me. But, but also, like, I have really talented, amazing friends that are introverts. Very uncomfortable with dating someone that's an extrovert or even hmm. an extrovert introvert, right? And so they love it because they get to have like a tour guide. But then when it actually comes to a conversation for more than five minutes, they're like, okay, you can go now. And it's just like, well, this is why you're dating this person because they are talking to people on the line too, you know? Like, okay, you can go now. So I'm just like, I, I definitely think there's somebody for everyone. It'll be very interesting to see who you end up with. Yeah. I'm excited. As the old African proverb goes, oh, no. there's a lid. There's a lid for every pot. <laughs> oh my god audience members send questions about adulting and we love to answer them so would you mind answering some questions with us let's do it I'm an oh adult oh my god Steve Harvey called oh no ooh this is a good one and I want to say this is like this might be I saw you do a bit about stealing stuff from H&M which is hilarious thank you so much And I feel like this question is almost like that, but not really. We'll see. The question is, I took my boyfriend's grandmother to the store and I caught her stealing. (laughs) What do I do and how do I tell him? Dang, she didn't say what she stole? That's crazy. That's that's like central. I mean, if it's candy, that's funny. You know, let's let's tell the boyfriend and we'll make a mm-hmm. bit about it. Every time I take your grandma to the store, I guess I got to watch her pockets. You know, that's hilarious. You know, if she stole jewelry or, you know, something serious like 
vodka. Well. Oh, my goodness. Gonna- that is really the no. where they now、uh, set it off, where like the grandma is Jada Pickett Smith. <laughs> yeah. She's grandma. Grandma deserves all the candy she wants. <laughs> grandma deserves all the candy she wants. She probably had sex with men that killed Nazis during World War II. So she can get all the crinkly candy she wants. And that's how crinkly candy bowls get. I、filled. guess. But you know what I would do? I would keep my purse away from grandma. You know what I'm saying? Because I also I haven't had good luck with telling a man about his family. I have not had good luck yeah, with that. Don't、them. do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Hey, you know, like, you know, like if you just say to a man, hey, you want to hear what your mom just said? They don't, they don't ever say, yeah. They're never excited. 100 <laughs> fucking percent. So I, I have to say, I've learned I, that lesson. I, I'm one of the few people where I, I have to admit this about myself. I love this about myself, where like family is not even, people have a lot of baggage. My family, it feels like, You booked a ticket with no, no carry ons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, my family is just like, woo! It's like very clean. Wow. No, wipe, is, no wipe needed. N- nothing is、woo! bubbling、nice. underneath the surface at every meal. No. They,、wow. used, to be, they used to be、For、tight,、real. then they got mellow. I don't know what happened. I think it's because we left. But like, <laughs> but my, my parents are very, very chill. Ooh. <laughs> Were you going to ask the car question? Uh, sure. Yes, this is a good one. How do I not get taken advantage of when buying a new car? Double question mark. You bring a man, you bring a white guy. Definitely <laughs> should have a man with you <laughs> if he is an older man, preferably. But, you know, Michael Che used to sell cars, and I remember he said, You're not going to get a good deal on the car. They're going to rip you off. <laughs> I remember he said that specifically. He was like,、yeah. They're just not great investments. You know, they depreciate immediately.、Uh, but yeah, bring a man. And, you know, I would say get up periodically and take random phone calls, like while the man is talking, the, the car dealer guy. Just, 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 Ooh, just yeah, you shake him set up. up a scene. Shake him up and make him feel like, oh, she might be leveraging what she's doing here now with something else.、Yeah. Um, and then also lie. I would lie and be like, hey, I came here the other day and they said it was, not, it was this much. And if he's like, who? You're like, Steve. Just say, just lie. And, you know, Gary. t h e r e s no Steve working here. Just Gary. <laughs> you know? It's all kind of like theater. <laughs> Buying a car. And what do, what, do y'all, what do y'all think of things like Carvana, though? Like, Carvana has actually been advertised. So, like, I remember seeing a Carvana ad which was, was like geared and demoed towards women because、mm. it, the commercial shows a woman、oh, going in to buy a car, and then、yeah. she's like, they're, they're like, well, let me. They have a big Carvana machine car dispensary thing in Philly. They put, they have like a huge one, but it's in a bad neighborhood.、Yeah. And I, I wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> I, no. We didn't think about that. Just sharks. I, I drove around it a few times and I was like, yeah, but I'd have to like get out and go. And it's just like, I would never, I would、no. never go here.、Wow. It feels like a terrible. setup. It's、yeah. It's like this glowing, shiny building and there's car, you can see the cars inside and everybody's like circling it. It's just, I would never go there. <laughs> That's, Philly is hilarious. So it's, if, it, if it's on the main line, then you would do it, but not. Yeah. <laughs> Not where it's at.、Yeah. Okay. I'll say one more thing, though, just in case people are interested.、Um, my wife bought our car on,、uh, using AAA, and AAA has this like, thing where they just kind of bake in and like, negotiate. AAA negotiates with dealerships nationwide.、Oh, wow. And you just go in and you purchase、It's、your car, your and they can't, even, yeah, they can't even say anything. They're just like, here's your car, and、well, that, that's it. That's amazing and similar and almost closely related to what you just said. I would like to say that a lot of young people don't know that you can get an AARP card and you should, especially if you're a single young lady, because I often date men whose cars break down. And you know what? I never get stuck because I have an AARP card and I can call. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do you have an AARP card?、That's、This is e v e r y t h i n g American Association of Retired People? I am、yes. so glad you, or, or are you mean, on you mean AAA. You mean AAA? No. You mean AAA or AARP? I mean AARP.、No. You do not have to be 65 years old and retired to have an AARP card. You can be young and just don't make a lot of money. Chanel. And you, it's like $7 a month and I have full road club. They will come, if, I, if I lock keys in someone, Else's house or car, they'll come help me. If the car breaks down, they'll come put, they will come put gas in the car. 
If the car breaks down, ma'am, and it what? has saved me, I no less than six or seven times I've been with a man and he's looked at me like, it's on fire. What should we do? And I was like, I got a card. Don't you worry. <gasps> this is this is the commercial, mm-hmm. honey. This is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just do it. Fuck this slow. Is, this is where it's at. Get you an ARP, no matter how old you are. <laughs> go look it up. You could get it. I'm going to get it because I want to play bingo and ride the bus for free and go to GNC That's and right. get free vitamins and shit. And you get like yes. discounts on hotels, everything. My parents have AARP and the magazine is pretty good too. I, my mom kept this one magazine where um, Viola Davis was on the cover. I'm like... I got to do more squats with two pound weights. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I just got to AARPC later. Um, <laughs> this is a really good question. I think it's a really good question. How long after a five year relationship breakup is the right time to try dating again? Friend, you sound like a serial monogamous. <laughs> like, mm. just sit on it I s- or get under it. I say, uh, do you mean eggs? <laughs> Just hatch a new one. <laughs> Sit on one. I say at least eight months, I say. At least. What? Yeah. I say eight minutes. You can mess around. Like, you can hook up. Yeah. You could put a titty in a mouth, you know? But <laughs> I wouldn't. You know I will. You know, I would wait. I would wait at least at least eight months, I would say. Yeah. Hmm. For something serious. Yeah. You need time to heal. And I often feel like healing sometimes takes a percentage of like however long you are with someone. And five years is significant. You're going to have to relearn how to do a lot of things in your life day to day. You're going to have to like relearn whole forms of support and reestablish relationships with other people that you should have maintained, but you haven't been. And that's going to take time to prioritize that to get your life back to that level before you can then try to bring somebody else in. Because you're in this, you know, this healing phase. You can't bring somebody into your healing phase because... You're going to look different in a couple months. That's so interesting. I am almost the opposite where I'm just like, part of the healing for me is figuring out how to be casual and not put all my eggs in this basket and just like have more fun, create more memories and and not feel like this person has to be my end all be all. Mm. That sounds healthy too. But yeah, I wouldn't even know how much time, like I don't think you could put like a proper number on it. Like obviously you feel it out, but like for me... The bigger question is, if you're getting out of a five-year relationship, why do you even want to get back into one? Because probably they liked it. Well, they said dating, right? Well, people want to try it again, you know? <laughs> Just give it another shot. You know, it's like, that's, that's <laughs> how we do it. We can't, we can't help ourselves. That's, that's stupid. Michelle just sighed. <laughs> Let me, okay, here's a question. Ooh. Thoughts on having a TV in the bedroom, question mark. Does it ruin sexy time? Yo, sometimes people's place is too small. To not have it in the bedroom, okay? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to stick Yeah, it. sometimes you can hook your porn up to the TV. You know what I'm saying? Get you a, get you a projector and make it bigger. Oh. If only that worked for everything. Um, like, here's, <laughs> here's my own person does not believe in having the TV in the bedroom, and it is exhausting. So what do y'all think? I mean, I love, in a hotel, you know, you get that. I slayed, I laid out on the bed. Bam! Yeah. What's going Look, on, Luz? We've been in this house for three years. We have a TV in our bedroom. I can count on my hands how many times we actually watched something on it. Mm. We we don't even do it. We're about to move it somewhere else. I don't know where, but yeah, I don't know why we thought we needed a TV in the bedroom. We just thought it was like cool and adult, but the bed is really for sleeping. Yeah. For us. When I had a studio, it was different. Mm-hmm. But now we have like a an expensive ass couch, so yeah, it's just <laughs> you gotta use it. It, it depends what your setup is. Yeah, like what's your setup? I love to write in my bed. Right, that's fun. I love writing. In oh, my bed. really? Yeah, I like pillows. Prop me up. I can write on my tummy. Like I just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's about like up. if you if you and your partner have like established a vibe or you know a respectful different vibe then. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But, like, if you prioritize reading and writing before you go to bed, you know, yeah. then you probably want to... You care more about the lamp and the pillow and the ambiance than the TV. But if he's like, oh, I got to check ESPN, it's like, hey, there's an app for that. And you, you don't have to... You don't have to <laughs> just just make every everybody be a part of this, you know? There's... Technology's come a long way. Oh, my God. Why are people trying to play around like we watch TV in bed? 
you fall asleep with your computer to your left. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. fall asleep with their computer in the bed all the time. And yeah. by the way, I write I write in the tub. Like wow. Trumbo, the great screenwriter. Yeah, that's with a me. Fe- with a Just- feather, with a quill? I know you do it. <laughs> yes. He's Kate Winslet in The Reader. Okay, last question. How many times can I say <laughs> I've had a food poisoning? Wait, how many times can I say I've had food poisoning before my boss figures out it's a hangover? Oh. This is a boy. What kind of sickness? Yeah, this what is a man. Because I would have been like, I get my period. Like, I got my period. You know what I mean? Like. That's what I would have said. So this definitely is a dude. Everybody's so scared poli- that they're going to get policed. Their bodies are going to get well. <laughs> their bodies gonna- <laughs> well, because kind <laughs> of. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I would um, say I would say the number is like three. <laughs> three times you can tell yeah, your boss. Yeah, three's a good number. And it's got to be they've got to be separated out, and it can't be like around any time where the boss also heard you were having a housewarming party. Like it can't be. Within that same month, around St. Patrick's Day, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to like strategically place those, but also like at some point you're gonna have to ramp it up and tell your boss like it's I got an appointment with like a gastroenterologist now. Like I gotta like, go in there and now. <laughs> a gastroenterologist, yeah, That's you amazing. gotta follow it up. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get yourself a colon cleanse. Absolutely, <laughs> and they, after you, the, the gastroenterologist say you got to go to the psychopharmacologist because the the head body connection. Yes. You know, now your bot, your yes. your stomach chemical, and and your brain is getting offset. You it's- fucked. We see a lot of people don't know that we're also chemists and comedians. People don't know, but <laughs> we know all about it. And chemistry is important. Oh, the chem chems. Well, this has been a fucking joy and delight. We ask our guests one question. One at the end of every episode. What's the most adult thing you would like to do for yourself this year that you haven't done yet? Ooh, I'm running out of time. <laughs> do you want to buy a treasury bond? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> it's, it's time for me to take these. I got to take these investments seriously. <laughs> I would like to plan a proper vacation for myself. I think over the last few years, Ooh. I've been so focused on comedy, so focused on my career, my career, Beyonce mode, Beyonce mode. That I, you know, if I did a vacation, it was because I had a show somewhere and I was planning to do it in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to, mm-hmm. like, you know, plan a nice trip and maybe turn my phone off. Don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. Whoa. whoa. You know, you know, maybe watch some TV before bed. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I would like to I would like to do that. A nice adult yeah. vacation. I think we deserve it. I feel like our ancestors have worked so fucking so hard. hard. Yeah. Probably, Why do yeah. we have to work this hard? Our bones are tired. I'll probably go to an island somewhere. I don't know. Maybe Jamaica. Or yeah. Lovely. Michelle, you know, Michelle's half Jamaican. Hell yeah. Yeah, my mom's in Jamaica. Yeah. I've been there once before, but I, I would love to go back. It's great. Yeah. yeah, me too. I wish they were less homophobic. Other than that, I love Jamaica. This is Jamaican me crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It has been such a motherfucking pleasure. I can't wait to see you you IRL. And look, will you promise me the next time you are a stand-in and there is an intimate scene that you will just go for the motherfucking gold? I will do it for you, and I will do it for Jamaica. Thank you. (laughs) Usain Bolt, thanks you. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was fun. I know. That was really fun. I feel like we've covered... (laughs) This felt like four brunches in one between (laughs) funerals and vacations and work stuff. No, she was... Chanel was great. I, I was always admiring all her videos online and I've seen her stand up and I really liked the time we got to spend together what little there was of it um, when we were making everything's trash available on Hulu and Freeform, and I just I don't know when I when I see young up and coming comedians like that I'm like the future's bright, not just for her but just like one hundred percent. And I love I love the hustle, I love the drive, I love the looking inside themselves to figure out what they want to mm-hmm. say as opposed to just 
you know, you just meet a lot of people that are just kind of star fuckery and just live in algorithms and social media numbers. And so it's really nice and important and fulfilling to meet black women who are definitely going to make the world a better place one joke at a time. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. And yes. And usually I got, usually I got to go take my bra off, but now I got to go put my bra on, you know, <laughs> it's, it's too much. <laughs> It's like the kids at the kiddie pool are like just swimming in different directions. <laughs> Bye. What? Say goodbye. I can't. You're making me laugh too hard. You're making me laugh. My my microphone fell off. Oh, is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> goodbye. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Natalie Wren. Senior managing producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. This episode was sound designed and engineered by Ryo Bomb. Our guest booker is Patrick Kotner. Our theme song is by DJ Don Will. Photography by Chris Vendermost. Artwork by Jamie Bechtel. Executive produced by Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Hartstark, and Danielle Kramer. Follow the show on Instagram at adultingthepod. Email your questions to adultingquestions at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Follow Adulting with Michelle Buteau and Jordan Carlos on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show and visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase adulting merch.